0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: I'm a party. Uh, we're here again, it's Friday night uh, Welcome, welcome, welcome I'm uh, Papa Didi, I'm here with uh, Kettle Hello And Red Wine
2: Bonsoir, darling
3: How's everybody? Whew. I'm doing pretty good, how about you Papa? You forgot who you we were? <laughs> it's been a long I week where I was <laughs> <laughs> okay. I where I was. Either something Weak. you're sipping on, or you've had a rough week, one. Which one?
0: Low <laughs> um, well,
1: Okay.
3: Both. Yeah, I understand. mhm, mm-hmm.
1: mm. It was that obvious, right?
0: right? <laughs> yep, yep,
3: yep, yep. But it's okay. We're gonna get through it. We're gonna get through it. Once I get to the cocktail and the weird news, you'll be fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> mm. Mhm. All righty. What a week it's been. You, you okay over there, one?
2: I'm great. I am counting okay. down to this election. So oh, yes, boy. I am
3: good. Oh Lord, we in trouble now. <laughs> you you know what? I'll, I'll get into it later. But I saw them putting up the um, uh, the stuff for the inauguration already. I'm like, oh my God, we're getting that close. Getting scary. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's getting scary. Yeah.
2: Oh, they're building oh. all that stuff already?
3: Yes, yeah, so it takes time. takes time to build Ooh. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. All right. You guys ready?
2: Yep, yeah, we're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Let's go with the rundown.
3: All right. Let's well, buckle up. Our hot topics tonight FBI warrants ransomware, assault threats. Threatens U.S. healthcare system. Also, grand jurors speak out on a Breonna Taylor case, and the cop involved in Breonna Taylor shooting sues her boyfriend. Wow! A hidden and quitted headlines. Supreme Court weighs in uh, mail imbalance. Also, U.S. touts largest ever seizure of Iranian oil and weapons. Also, Philly police vowed to release nine one one tapes of black man's killing. NBC Peacock's streaming service hits nearly twenty two million sign ups. And also election could scope US marijuana market and sway Congress. Interesting. Of course we have to have a cocktail after all of that. A cocktail of the week is the Blackberry Pineapple Rum Cocktail. Sounds pretty good. What's pop on Papa Didi? We're gonna lighten it up with the weird news, of course. Billionaire accused of blaring Gilligan's Island theme song on Luke. Also, Georgia uh, found writer creates chipmunk restaurant. And large Burmese python found under hood of a car in Florida. Oh boy, that's scary. I'm just saying with Red Wine, Where is the Compassion? Living for the City with Papa Didi. My Hollywood wrap up, I got quite a bit tonight. The of List and the Last Word. Sit back, relax. Get your favorite cocktail, and we'll be back for the hot topics.
2: Hey, this is Redwine. Just doing a few promos for the Pajama Party Adult On Mind Radio Talk Show. You know how we do it: PJs only, no clothes allowed, and I was just trying to get this done. Hey, Redwine, are
1: you talking about the pajama party where we talk about hot topics, movie reviews, living for the city, and what's poppin' with?
3: You guys are not doing this fight without me. Carrie, we're dealing with Sean. You, Did you tell everybody that um, they can reach us at abajamaparty.com or call us live, 914-803-4306. Check us out on Twitter. and Don't forget to hit the list. Okay, now is the time for me to sing. Oh, oh no, me, oh me, no, no.
2: Okay. We don't have oh, uh, Let's get back to the show.
1: All right, welcome back to Bajam Party. I'm one of your hosts, Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine.
3: Bonsoir,
2: so, darling. And it's time for the hot topics. We're going to jump right into it. And I'm up first. So let's talk about this whole uh, FBI is warning about ransomware. Oh, man. It's uh, threatening the U.S. healthcare system. And this is coming out of Boston. Boston. Federal agencies are warning that cybercriminals are unleashing a wave of data-scrambling extortion attempts against the U.S. healthcare system that is designed to lock up hospital information systems, which, of course, is going to hurt uh, patient care. And, of course, that's the last thing we need during a COVID-19 situation. Now, this came up uh, in a joint alert on this past Wednesday. FBI and two federal agencies are warning that they now have credible information that there's been an increase of cybercrime threats to U.S. hospitals and health care providers, and what's happening is that people, they, they haven't quite determined where it's coming from, I guess, yet, but whoever these people are, they're trying to hold information hostage in order to get money. So, I don't know if they're going after the most vulnerable systems, but, you know, of course, there's conversation about whether or not it's coming from the Russians or if it's coming from, you know, I don't know. But they're saying there's some Russian-speaking criminal gangs that are mixed up with some stuff pertaining to uh, interference with the election, you know, there's a whole lot of talk, but I, I haven't, I don't know if anybody else has heard anything concrete. I just hear a lot of chatter about what they think it might be. So we still don't really know, you know, who's behind these things. But, you know, when stuff like this comes up, you know, what are these hospitals and stuff supposed to do? You got patient records, confidential information on people. And if somebody is holding this information uh, hostage, I don't know what the hospital can do, shorter paying, to get their records back. But anyway, you know, that's what's going on. So, and this is not a new thing, of course, you know. We've seen other ransomware situations that have happened, like in the last maybe year and a half, from other cities, like in Baltimore and Atlanta, they got hit. Uh, The governments were hit. The school systems were hit pretty hard. Mm. And what I don't know is whether or not any of them ended up paying to get their data back. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, this is what's been going on. You know, people always find a way to create new ways to create crime, I guess. So, yeah, I
3: don't know. That's crazy. My thing is crazy. Is, well, I guess this day and age, that's what's going on, like, I guess, quote-unquote, cyber Type ransom things, you know, people don't knock you in the head no more and go kidnap somebody for ransom. Now this is all done on the computer. It it right. really amazes me, and it's like you know, you it's like you're on a chokehold, you know, whoever you are, yeah. because like you said, all your information and stuff is just out there, you know, just open. Yeah, it's, um, Yeah, it's, it's it's just crazy, but um, you know, what do you do? You know, do you pay the ransom or do you, um, you know, negotiate or plead and beg and say, you know, don't do it. But it's all about money. That's the bottom line.
2: Yeah. You know, and like I said, if they got all your data, they got all your information, your records. I mean, this isn't just patient info. They have, like, your payroll information. They have information about how the hospital works, all their internal records and stuff, you know gosh, they got all kind of records. Right. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're going to pay or not, or if the FBI can get to the root of who's doing it. And I guess if you catch the cyber criminals and force them to Mm -hmm. release records. Mm -hmm.
3: So where did you say this was?
2: This particular one was coming out of Boston.
3: Interesting. Interesting.
2: But yeah, there have been others. So, yeah, people gotta watch your records, watch your data.
3: Yeah. Gotta watch everything. It, My goodness, it's it's hard. This is this is a cyber world right now. You know, everything is on that particular computer. Nothing, even your backup files is on the computer. That's the second thing. You know, when you're dealing with yeah. Apple phones, everything is backed up on your phone. You know, so yeah, they want us
2: to put everything in the cloud, but how secure yeah. is the cloud?
3: Yeah, that's that's a good question. Yeah. Yep. Mm, oh, mm, no. mm. You, yep. All right. Okay. Um you guys got any questions or comments we we're talking about, hit us up tonight. Nine one four eight oh three forty three oh six. And press one. Press one. Yep, to get in the queue if you wanna make a comment. All right, um wow, this is a big story. Brianna Taylor, Brianna Taylor. Um, after a grand jury speak out Brianna Teller's mother wants case review. I don't blame her. Um, the mother has expressed her disapproval of how the Kentucky, here we go. Remember what I said Kentucky Attorney General okay, okay. Daniel Cameron handled um, her daughter's case um, and has formally uh, requested for the case to be presented to a new grand jury by an independent prosecutor. Tamika Palmer submitted a request for the release. Uh, to the Kentucky Prosecutor's uh, Advisory Council. Good. And uh, she's saying that Cameron's handling of the case, quote, unquote, undermines the trust and integrity of the entire process. So, um, yeah. you know, so in September, Cameron announced that um, the, the former LMPD officer, Brett Hackinson, put him on the kisser list, would be charged with... Um, Endangerment due to, to, the, the, to Due to the bullets That went into the apartment next door None of the officers involved In the shooting were charged with Taylor's death Wow, so it goes on to say Two anonymous members This is talking about the jury Members of the grand jury have since spoken up Over the indictment Saying they um, disagreed with uh, Cameron's decision to only present um, Endangerment charges uh, they expressed frustration with the entire process during the interview, CBS News. So, you know, they're they, they speaking out. So that's good mm-hmm. if the mother's going to do that. Um, it needs to be done because justice, you know, justice has, ha- hasn't been seen yet. And I agree. It's it's it's, it's 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 amp mess. That's what it is. But it's a yeah. big cover-up, I believe. And it's, it's going to eventually come out. It's gonna eventually come out. So, be quiet tonight, Papa. Yeah. You all right? What you, What you think yeah, on I'm, what's, I'm what's just... going on?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, I saw that interview uh, with the uh, those two jurists. Mhm. And I completely agree that her mother should continue to pursue that because that was a mess. That thing was botched up. And Cameron, mm-hmm. That attorney general should be ashamed of himself.
3: Yeah, I agree, and I, and I think he's he's getting something for up above, like some big wigs are telling him, "Look, you better shut this thing down." And yeah, you know, he he's going to end up losing his job because oh, he's going he's going to abruptly leave. I'm quite sure after um, you know she does this. Because, what was that officer's
2: um, name? I'm sorry. Let me get his name to add to the kiss it list.
3: Okay. Brett, B-R-E-T-T, um, Hackinson, H-A-N-K-I-N-S-O-N. Mhm.
2: Okay, got it.
3: All right. But okay. You know, well, I plain hope plain plain it goes work, works out for her. Yeah. The juror uh, number one believed there was enough evidence presented to justify homicide charges against the Mm officer, but you're going to knock it down? I mean, come on now. Juror 2, he's more or less saying the same thing. But he, juror number 2 saying they never gave us the opportunity to to deliberate um, on on anything but the charges for hackinson. That's it.
2: Yeah, that reckless Um, endangerment thing. That was crazy.
3: Right. You never presented uh, second degree or third degree or whatever, you know, murder. You presented some other stuff. And they just didn't give them enough information, you know. But uh, we're going to follow to see what happens. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. I'll kick it over to you, Papa Didi. We'll stay on that same topic. What do you have to add to the mix?
1: Well, um, this whole thing, you know, it, it has a lot of... Uh, you know, the truth really starts to unveil itself, unveil itself, you know, just just out of nowhere. You know, you really, as soon as you sit back and, and just watch the chips fall where they may and people's contents come alive and people start to uh, talk about what's going on and people start to see clearly even grand jury and people like that. And like y'all said, the the brother who was uh, I don't I say brother for lack of a better word I say brother because he had brown skin I don't say it because he's a true brother. He was put up against the wall from the beginning by you know Barr I think Barr the Attorney General oh, was yeah. the one behind all this.
2: Oh, you, you talking know, about cameras?
1: Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that so-called uh, district attorney for mm-hmm. for that area. And Barr, being Barr, is the you know the U.S. district attorney. I'm sure he threw some threatening stuff at him, which is very prevalent today with all this anger and bullies and all this stuff. I mean, there's nothing worse in the world than listening to a bully or just being guided by a bully because a bully doesn't have, really have no true distinction. A bully's only a bully as long as they have room to roar because deep down inside, they don't have anything. Most, most of a bully's antics is based on fear. Bullies in school is that they're there in the schoolyard because they're dumb as hell. They don't go to class They don't know books. You know they're dumb as hell. They don't even they don't know anything. Mm-hmm. That's why they're bullies because they they they're on the outside looking in. In a lot of cases, so they're trying to bring people down based on bringing people to their level. And uh, but we'll, we'll we'll get into that later. But the main thing on this particular uh, subject is concerning. Uh, the uh the gentleman who, who was shot the cop is suing uh her boyfriend and you know i i take issue with the fact that during his interview with uh the uh ex-football player um uh, michael strahan strahan was interviewing him in an interview and he said some foul stuff concerning um george floyd saying that well george floyd wasn't a model citizen and you know you're not understanding that strahan is interviewing you and strahan is black first and michael strahan said well i don't really see what that has to do with the case you know mm-hmm. he tried to Strahan tried to break it down just as professional as he could telling this guy why the hell are you talking about the character of george floyd right in the middle of a case where we were trying to get to the bottom of uh brianna taylor And you just stuck yourself in the mouth with another damn shoe. So, I mean, this guy was messed up from the beginning. Then he said he was shot. And he said, well, he was. This man sat there with an interview with uh, Michael Strahan just as healthy as hell. If he was shot, I'm trying to figure out where the hell were you shot at? And can I see some kind of wound somewhere? Because this man looked very healthy. I didn't see no flesh wounds that I could see on the arm, on the leg, on the face, or anywhere. I think that they returned fire so much that Brianna Taylor's boyfriend's his little weapon really just got lost in the mix. I mean, you got three cops shoot—you know, cops shoot them guns. You know, like they all shot that gentleman up in Philadelphia. Once they start unloading, they unload. There's nothing you can do. You can't compete with that. You stop shooting because you don't want them to shoot you now. I mean, they threw such a beret of bullets back at them too. After he shot his, his gun, it was, just, it was just a big old botched night. But anyway, the Louisville Metro Police Sergeant, uh, Jonathan uh, Mattingly, he's kind of suing Brianna Taylor's boyfriend. His name is Kenneth Walker, claiming Walker's action that night. And Mattingly and the two other officers' uh, bars in the Taylor's apartment and shot her to death, caused him emotional distress. Caused him emotional distress. Please. Now, this, the stuff that they come, with is, uh, come up with is unbelievable. You know, you you came you, you got with these other two guys and y'all came in there like wide herp and now you now you got emotional distress. Well hell you drew first blood. When y'all sat there what it is y'all had a lousy plan and the plan got all botched up and somebody got killed. Now everybody's all emotionally fucked up. Yeah, okay. All right. Well if y'all was that emotionally messed up. Then maybe y'all shouldn't even have pulled off the thing for them getting. Maybe y'all should have aborted at the last minute, got back in your cars, and drove yeah. to the damn donut shop. That's
2: shot. what they should have done.
1: But you know, 27, some, the twenty-seven-year-old, the uh, twenty-seven-year-old licensed gun owner, fired uh, one round at the at the door in self-defense after he said the police uh, failed to announce themselves while uh, serving a warrant at one a.m. in the morning on March thirteenth. All right. Now uh, Walker's bullet. Uh, Struck manly in the leg, causing uh, severe trauma. All right, now you know, but
2: getting shot in
1: the leg for one ain't death. You know, it's uh, and that's cool. Sometimes you can get shot in the wrong place in the leg. You know, you can get shot in the in the
2: But severe trauma. Yeah,
1: but all this stuff is you know, uh, not only severe trauma, but mental anguish and emotional distress. Now these are all phrases that are used when you're trying to win a lawsuit in a car accident. Somebody hit the whiplash and all that jazz. You know, those are the words you come up with. Oh, I got severe trauma. I'm going to a chiropractor. I'm wearing a white joint on my neck. You know what I mean? I'm not going to work. You know, yada yada yada. You know, how people listening, trying to win a lawsuit with a damn car accident. They ain't talking to nobody for like six weeks. They all, you know, you see Joe. Oh yeah, he's got a he got a brace around his neck. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, god. You know, so Walker's uh, conduct in the in the uh, in shooting Manly is. is Outrageous, intolerable, and uh, offensive by all standards.
2: Oh, he's offended. Uh, what,
1: yeah, so he's please. So he he's just you know. But anyway, Manley's attorney, his name was uh, Ken Wecker, told this. Uh, it's called a circular journal journal in a statement that this client is entitled to and should use the legal process to seek a remedy for injuries that Walker has caused him. Now you shot bullets back at him. So I don't really think nobody's doing a damn thing because it was a fair fight and made the best bullet win. But uh, it's just it's just crazy. So the plainclothes officer who used a uh, battering a battering ram to enter uh, their home responded by firing more than uh, two dozen bullets, fairly mm-hmm. striking the 27-year-old M.E.T. All right. Now it's two dozen bullets, 24 shots. He's claiming how he's traumatized. Now. Brianna, Brianna, and her boyfriend had to. They had to tolerate 24 bullets. Most of them hitting her. I don't think he got shot at all. So, what about her? I mean, what, what what could Brianna Taylor say about this if she was alive? You know, what would be her? It's it's amazing how you know dead people can't speak. So you can just put any blame you want on them. If a plane crashes and a pilot dies, yeah, human error. Yeah, he messed up. Yada yada yada. You can always blame a dead man. dead man can get anything hung on their ass. So, But uh, the whole thing in a nutshell on this is that this guy now is trying to draw first first blood by throwing that at him. But my recommendation, first of all, is that I didn't think that uh, when Breonna Taylor's boyfriend was being interviewed by uh, Gail.
0: Mm-hmm. What's
1: her last name, King? Gail King. Yeah, Gail King. I don't think that anybody in the middle of the investigation should be interviewed without a lawyer next to him. You know, that's necessary. You know, this is an ongoing investigative situation. You can't let anybody, whether it be Gail King or or uh, Michael Strahan or whoever's of you from one of these national networks, really get the upper hand on you when it comes to talking to you, whether you're innocent, guilty, or what have you. This is what you pay a lawyer for is to tell you, you know, they lean over and say, no, don't answer that. Don't answer this here. Don't say this. Don't say that. You can't get excited or can't get it. Just like uh, when they were interviewing um, R. Kelly you know, he was doing all that yelling and crying, all that stuff. You know, he shot himself in the foot as well. He should have had a lawyer tell him what to answer, and what not to answer. Don't freak out. Keep you cool. He's in here begging and crying and all that jazz. So he just
2: Gail you know. said Robert.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's why she became
2: <laughs> an, <he> became <laughs> a psychiatrist.
1: Be and she, so.
0: Robert called. Yeah,
1: yeah
3: that was crazy. Hell. Robert. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, you never should put a lot your of guard down. She 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 got a lot of praise on that interview. Everybody said she did a great job because she kept her calm <laughs> calmness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well,
1: he was stupid enough to go in there without a lawyer. So.
3: Yeah, um, yeah. You, know. yeah. you got a good point there, Papa. Yeah. yeah. But um, but I think at that we need point to put... there wasn't.
2: I don't think it was a pending investigation at that point.
3: You know, oh, the, oh, the oh. trial
2: had already happened. They had come up with that wanton endangerment bullcrap, and at that point, it was pretty much a done deal.
1: No, nothing's mm-hmm. a done
2: Well, I'm it's saying as far mm-hmm. as the case that had been presented by the Attorney General Cameron and the mm-hmm. grand jury, mm-hmm. all of that was done. Yeah,
1: but representation saw was coming to play. It doesn't matter where the case lies. you got to protect mm-hmm. yourself. Oh, you
2: know? I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> I'm just saying, but it wasn't still like the, the case that was presented was not ongoing mm-hmm. at that point. But I do agree right. that it's always wise, you know, because there could be other suits, you know, and stuff mm-hmm. that come up. So right. Because of that, it would make sense to make sure you have some legal counsel to make well, sure you're right.
3: We need to put him on the kitchen list. Who's the cop? Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I got him, Brett Hankinson.
3: Good. Okay.
2: Is All that right. him, Brett
3: Hankinson? What? I'm sorry, no, Jonathan, no, Jonathan, Jonathan Manningly. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. All right, let's get it right. Well, if you guys got any questions or comments, hit us up tonight, 914-803-4306. And press 1. You're getting the queue. If you have a comment, if not, just continue to listen, out dear. <laughs> All take right. A little cc. Uh,
2: Yeah, let's do that. And then we're coming back with the uh, Hit It and Quit It headlines on the Pajama Party Show. We'll be right back.
0: Looking for a new cocktail to serve at your next dinner party? Trying to figure out what pairs well with your main entree? Then you need to visit the Cocktail of the Week archive at apajamaparty.com. We've got a list of all the cocktails we've featured on previous Pajama Party shows with recipes and pictures of the drinks. And believe me, we've had some good ones. And while you're on the website, visit the archives for previous shows. Just click on any date, and you can hear the shows again and again. We've got you covered at apajamaparty.com. And tell a friend. They'll thank you.
1: All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm host Papa Didi here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine.
2: Bonsoir, darling. Ooh, it's Friday night on the Pajama Party show, and it's time for the Hit It and Quit It headlines,
3: where we hit them and quit them. you sure about that? Or at least that's the plan. Oh, well, that's the plan. That's the plan. Okay, the parents- so it's, all, it's always planned that way, but it doesn't happen. Yeah, but that's the plan. Okay. All, all right. right. Let's hit him and quit. Um, all right. I don't know if we're going to be able to hit and quit this one, but this is about the Supreme Court let some state count mail in ballots received after the election date. Wow. Okay. In the final days before the presidential election, which is scary, the Supreme Court has been um, pelted uh, with requests from parties in battleground states seeking last-minute approval to change election rules. Wow. Especially regarding whether mail-in votes can arrive after election date and still be counted. The court issuing some of the orders after hours has navigated a minefield with justice-seeking conscience and coherence where possible. Okay. All that legal jargon shit. Okay. (laughs) The, the situation was complicated by the fact that emergency requests came in before and just after Justice Amy uh, Coney Barrett took the bench, but she didn't. Mm-hmm. I guess she didn't have enough time to look at the and I, look at the um, information and everything. And cause she came in on Tuesday, and I think they ruled on Thursday. Um, I think that's what um, the president was trying to do: get her in before. So in North Carolina. Uh, Ballots can arrive up to nine days after election day But in Pennsylvania, ballots can arrive up to three days late And in Wisconsin, the court said ballots must be in by election night So um, at least Pennsylvania and North Carolina had some leniency But that's a long time, nine days after I'm surprised they let that go through
2: Yeah, I'm very surprised by that.
3: Yeah, so
0: uh,
3: I'm not sure, you know, why North Carolina? I mean, maybe folks press the issue. Um, Nine days? Uh, So that's a week and two days. I mean, that's interesting. Yeah, so we shall see. I don't
2: understand. Uh, Why why is there such a variance between the different states for how long, you know, they all get? It seems like there should be some kind of standard across the board.
3: That's a good question. Um, why think? North Carolina got more time? Yeah, I'm not sure. That's a good question. That could be something that uh, uh, to verify. That's that could be a good question, unless it's different legislations in each state. You know, they go by whatever their legislation is or whatever their rule is, and um, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe by next that week we'll find sense. out for sure why. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I, the only thing I can guess on is North Carolina maybe have a little more older people giving them time to get out there and go vote in Pennsylvania. might be just the opposite, you know, so that's the only thing that I can think of.
2: I don't know. That doesn't still, that doesn't make sense because there's yeah. a great, there's a big population of elderly people in a lot of different places. Florida, Arizona. That's, that's so true. That, yeah.
3: That's no. Some, yeah. some not right. Well, look, if, if anybody got any answers, hit us up tonight. Nine one four, eight oh three, forty three oh six. Yeah, please. Somebody, if you might, know what's going on with that. Yeah. yeah, somebody might have some answers on it. I'm not sure. It's a good question. But that's interesting okay. how the president was trying to get um uh Amy Barrett in there. Because um, he probably knew what was coming up as far as these decisions and stuff right here. So um, I'm not sure is Pennsylvania and North Carolina are they red states or are they blue states? I'm not sure.
2: I don't know, but he definitely mm-hmm. wanted to have her in place because if any decisions needed to be made from the Supreme Court level, he wanted to have as many justices who could potentially vote in his favor to be right. on the bench. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already knew that. Mm-hmm. con art and well. anyway all
3: right <laughs> uh-huh North Carolina looks like a red state oh, okay yeah. that's that's yeah. probably
2: yeah, that sounds right,
3: mhm, and Pennsylvania looks like a um a blue state, yeah so oh well interesting mhm oh well all right mhm,
2: okay. I got another one for you. This is this is another one that if anybody has any insight, I'm gonna have to ask Papa Didi. You know he seems Ah. to have insight about these overseas things. But Mm -hmm. if you can explain this one to me, please do. Uh, The U.S. announced on yesterday that they sold petroleum from the largest ever seizure of Iranian fuel for more than forty million dollars, and they say they're going to direct most of the proceeds. To some kind of fund for victims of state sponsored terrorism. Now, when I first heard this, I was like, wait, what? So they have seized this Iranian oil, petroleum rather, and then they sold the petroleum that they seized from the Iranians, and they say the proceeds are going to go to a fund for victims of state sponsored terrorism. What the hell? What fund is this? And where are they, who and what are these state-sponsored terrorism uh, victims? I, I've never heard of this. Now, this is coming from um, officials from the State Department and Department of Justice. And they were, you know, they were proud of this. You know, they had their chest stuck out like this is a big thing. You know, we seized this, and it was a really big take that they got from the Iranians. And I'm trying to understand now, they're saying that they do this because the Iranians have these weapons and whatever, and I guess this is their way of disarming the Iranians from being able to, you know, do whatever it is that they do. But I'm still stuck on, so you took the petroleum from the Iranians, and then you turned around and sold it. My question is, you sold it to who? Because this, from what I can understand, was stolen. When you say you seized it, is that not another way of saying you stole it? I don't know. Papa Didi, can you explain this? You took it from the Iranians and sold it for over $40 million, and now you're saying the money is going toward a fund for state-sponsored terrorism victims. That sounds like a slush fund to me. Mm-hmm. This sounds like some bull, is what I'm saying. I I just this kind of blew my mind. I was like, wait, what? How how do we do these kind of things? And it's apparently legal or legit. I don't know. Can you explain this to me?
1: Well, when when you first say that you seize oil, most of the oil is being seized. Oil is just just out there, out there from the. Uh, the uh, Iranian, the uh, Iraq war, back mm-hmm. there when that war was leaking in Kuwait. Now Japanese, and Jap- the Japanese have come and built a, like sort of a, a plantation out there where they have basically built their own little area out there in the Mediterranean that they own now, and they've even uh, armed themselves to get rid of anybody to cross over in the airspace that can look down at in the Mediterranean. So while that stuff was leaking in Kuwait. The Japanese, not Japanese, Chinese, went over there and just they tapped it, and uh, now they they own that particular area and dare somebody to mess with them. They dare the Russians or the United States to go over there where that 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 area. Remember in Kuwait when they bombed Kuwait? I
2: I remember that.
1: George Bush was president and that that Kuwait stuff was just burning, burning day after day after day. That was burning and 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 a few years later BP was leaking in the Gulf. So those are two serious situations, but they capped that there. Uh, the Chinese capped that, but now they own that. So whatever America is saying about what they did, you know, they're full of baloney. I don't know whether they have remnants of uh, oil that uh, leaked into their particular territory or leaked. I mean, the Mediterranean is a big sea, and if something leaked in the areas where the United States have some... Uh, some just calls, they all they all can gather the oil and, and trim it off the top of the ocean and uh you know refine it and all because oil and water don't mix as they say and it'll it'll will have its own definition so you can you can kind of cipher it off and you can sort it out and you can sift it and and whatever so they tell about that maybe it's some some remnants of some oil that was left over from Woodley as well from that area but then all this stuff about they. The proceeds are going to go to this and all that. And who, who?
2: Yeah, can, this this fund. Who can for this believe? State uh, who can believe terrorism. this? Who can
1: believe this administration? You know, I mean, you got the guy, this, this, his son-in-law. What's his name? Kushner or? Uh, yeah,
2: Kushner.
1: Yeah, Kushner. He's he's got his own little empire going on over in Israel, where he's he they he claim he's making peace. He's he's making deals. These people got mm-hmm. so much money. It it is spreading their wealth around and spreading. All this stuff around, which really means nothing. I mean, rich folks can do a bunch of crap, but if you don't make the poor people have any type of
0: mm-hmm.
1: jurisdiction in something, rich people can't survive because people make the world go around. Stylistics saying that mm-hmm. shit years ago, and that's just the mm-hmm. way it goes. You, you, nobody, nobody can have anything, you know, that that uh, unless everybody's involved, nothing else is gonna work. You know, you can be rich. It has and to be balanced gotta be a balance of course. Okay.
2: You know, okay.
1: so but the whole thing with the whole oil situation, that's a bunch of crap. We don't know what the That's
2: what is I thought. History. I said this sounds like some some Well
1: they always say oh. this is gonna to go to this code. They got so much money right now. Barr Trump and what's the guy's name? The the Secretary of the oh. finances? Mnuchin,
4: Mnuchin. Mnuchin.
1: Them three them guys, you know, they're rolling in dough but rolling the dough for what? I mean, Mnuchin, his wife is crazy as hell. We saw that, the way she was spinning shit like crazy, flying around like a maniac. You know, like <laughs> I said on last week's show, Trump and his wife, they don't even hug each other after the damn debate. So we know they're not fucking for sure. And then you got, uh, you know, so what, what else you got? I mean, and, and then Barr with his fat ass. Have you ever seen him link to a woman at all? So he probably Ooh. masturbates his fucking day through. So who knows what the hell they no, do? Oh,
2: I haven't. That's I mean, right these right
1: guys, right. They, got, they got issues on their own. So who,
2: they got money to keep them warm. Well, but money, but they, what is money? Money, phone money phone does phone. not. Yeah, that's true.
1: Money isn't, you know, I'd rather see a person mm-hmm. in a nice, uh, you know, those things, the, uh, those what do you call those Winnebago? Well, Winnebago was a big thing, but those trailer houses, you driving the highway. Oh yeah. I love to see RV. I love to see a nice brand new RV pulling a jeep, pulling a, pulling a small car and then pulling a bicycle, and then a bicycle pulling a tricycle. I like to see all that. That shows you doing something with your money. Mm-hmm. You know, where you got all this shit going on the highway. You say, damn, boy, you see that, boy? That was an RV pulling a bike, pulling a car, pulling a bike. And the person just going with their life down the highway showing that their their money is doing something. But just to be able to pull up your Swiss bank account and look at your 20 million every day while you jack your Johnson in a chair. Mm
4: -hmm. What the hell does
1: that mean? That doesn't mean shit. But anyway. Okay. Anyway, uh, Mm -hmm. am I up? Yeah, you're up. Okay.
2: <laughs> Thank you for explaining. Uh, like I thought that that was some bull. You got me
1: working overtime. You need to answer your own questions in the future.
2: <laughs> All right. He,
1: quit it. uh Philadelphia police uh, vowed to release a 911 uh, tape of the black man's killing. Uh, this is in Philadelphia. Philadelphia police police they they pledged to uh, release the 911 uh, tapes and police body cam footage of the the, the uh, in the near future in yes. the yes. shooting yeah and the shooting death of the. Uh, black man with a history of mental health problems, the death that uh, prompted protests and widespread vandalism and overnight curfews uh, days before the election. Uh, this, this situation really could have been avoided. You know, they paced them, you know, paced them They're in the neighborhood. You got two white guys that clearly aren't from the neighborhood. You know, Philadelphia's my hometown, so you'll be talking about my city now. This is this is a place that's built on uh, row homes and things of this nature. But when you put two white cops that aren't that aren't from Philly at all, and they're pacing the area. They're scared to death about the whole neighborhood, you know? And they got these guns drawn. Now, once your guns are drawn in a neighborhood that you're not familiar with, just like if I was a black cop and my gun was drawn and I'm in you know, Runnymede, New Jersey, or, or a suburban town in Maryland, or a suburban town in D.C., I'm out of my league, you know? Mm-hmm. Poor people or people that are middle class, if we're in a high society neighborhood, you're just as out of place as you are as a high society person is in a, in a poor neighborhood. You know, and unfamiliarity is just it's national, no matter what side you're on. It's just unfamiliarity. Then all of a sudden, this guy's waving the knife, waving the gun, and people he look they're looking around and they got video cameras, and then they're thinking about you know the um, police academy where they're trained to stop the assailant or the you know stop the threat. Now they got this now they, now you got this female um the police chief in Philly. Now she's gonna become
2: And she's kinda of new, I think there, right?
1: She's very new because everybody was scandalous. Everybody was fucking everybody. The Mr. Look So Good, their old police chief. He was mm-hmm. sleeping half the women on the police force, so he retired and, and all the ladies that he was messing with, that was all scattered. So they brought in this other girl. She's she looks like a man, talks like a man. So I guess they replace a man with a man woman, female, whatever she is. Anyway, so now all of a sudden she's talking all this jazz like, you know, like she's so hard on stuff. But then she's making an alibi that our finances have been adjusted, so that's why they couldn't afford to have uh, tasers. This would have what? been a perfect example of the man being tased. You could have tased him at the time. But she's saying, no, we will due to finances, cutbacks, we weren't able to tase him and all this other shit. But, you know, this this was a perfect time for a tase to be going to effect. But, you know, making excuses for stuff when, like I said, you got two white men in a black neighborhood in a situation where they just want to. Ended, just like the move fire back in 1985. You drop a bomb on a fucking house at 5 o'clock in the evening because you want to shut the Negroes down at the end of an eight-hour day of a standoff, and you you burn down 61 houses. This is a whole other situation in Philadelphia. So, you know, you're not going to end the situation by just stopping it, or now that you shot him, you think the threat is over. Then they wonder why things get out of hand and people looting, because people put their in that position. That could have been me. could have been my brother. That could have been my father. could have been my uncle. could have been anybody. You know, you come down in this black neighborhood and you unload all these shots on somebody right there in the middle of a row home, right there at Millville Street, on a block that you ain't familiar with. And you're going to just take somebody out like it ain't nothing at the end of the day. So then they wonder, they you don't know, noodle. oh my God, now they tearing up Philly. And then Trump, he hijacked something, saying, oh my God, look at Philly. Blah, 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 blah. And he's another person that's a rich joker. he never been in the hood like that, so he don't know shit. So, you know what I mean? It, it's like, you know, everybody is just, instead of diffusing the situation, nobody's using the system for what it is. Where are the fucking negotiators?
0: Where Don't the we have...
1: People? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's, they that's didn't the have any thing. of that. That's what I'm saying. Where are the negotiators? Can we wait for a minute and make a phone call to the negotiators who can call the social workers, who can call mom or the brother or the sister to talk people off the ledge? No, these jokers are going to shoot like it's fucking wide Earp and think they're going to just, you know, take out the situation and walk away while they blow the smoke off the tip of their revolvers and shit and, and then freak out when... 52nd Street gets taken apart, and, you know, it's it's a mess. You know, it's just a mess, and we got to think about the people that started from the beginning. Stop blaming the so-called black people you think that destroyed things and and putting their name in vain and the the president hijacking the city, saying, oh, it's a Democratic city, because he know he ain't going to win Philadelphia in elections. What do you give a shit about Philadelphia? But it happened in the beginning. Those police officers... Should have called somebody. The man only had a knife that was maybe four inches long a fucking pocket knife, a fucking Swiss joint, Swiss Army knife.
2: Well, my understanding was that when the mother called for help with her son, who was obviously having some kind of a mental breakdown situation, that she was trying to get an ambulance. She was calling for medical attention. But for whatever reason, the police responded. Yeah,
1: but that's what I'm saying. Well, you know, even though you you have that particular story, but you can't change the narrative of what should go down from the very beginning. Like you said, it should have been settled in a more settled way. Pull out revolvers and 9mm and shit is not going to, you know, that ain't saving a day. And that's and I'm sure trying to understand
2: th- if they were calling trying to get medical attention, medical help, why did the police end up responding in the first place? And then, of course, as you just said, their response was to pull out a gun and try to, you know, forcefully – Well, that's all they know. The right, down. but that's
1: all I'm saying. We cannot focus on what should have been. We just can focus on what will happen and why. You know, we can't say what the, what the mother did and all that. That's cool. But we got to focus on why y'all coming out there like y'all think a, a good Negro is a dead Negro. You know, that's the stuff that got to stop. The stuff is already in the news. You know as right. anyway.
3: you answer your question, red Wine. I think sometimes when um medical help is not available, the police may come first, just like in certain areas, a fire truck will come first, they have everything on there, just like an ambulance, but they can't transport you, so they come first, and then the ambulance comes after so it depends depend on the state what they have more of see they have more fire trucks um and um than um, the ambulance, so uh-huh. maybe that's what how it was in Philly. I'm not sure, but um, I, I've always said that there needs to be a medium, um, another um, agency or something that we should be able to call to deal with mental health instead of the cops. Because like Papa Didi said, they're trained to do certain things. They're trained to kill, yeah. um, but yeah. they carry but they carry tasers and they carry. Um um, bullet, um, rubber pellets. Now, I'm not sure if every agency, police agency carry it, but they should because that should be another way to, um, stop someone, either tase them or they should use the rubber bullets. So that could stop the emotions or whatever, or get the knife out of his hand or just something different than uh, just killing people because it's, it's just getting out of hand. It's, it's, it's been out of hand, but it's, it's, it's getting ridiculous. But, um, uh, it's crazy. I got the next story. Um, NBC's Peacock streaming service hits nearly 22 million signups. Peacock, the streaming service that Comcast, NBC Universal, launched nationwide in the US in mid July, has signed up nearly 22 million accounts, Comcast said on Thursday. That includes people who registered with Peacock when it rolled out just to Comcast pay TV customers in April. So, by the comparison h b o max and the premium cable new um newer bigger app that rolled out at the end of May has signed up eight point six million accounts in four months, and h b o max is fifteen dollars um a month um you got competing people like netflix disney plus um it's crazy with Disney, you have Disney, but then you have Disney plus i so mean they gotta pay extra i guess um yeah. It, it goes on to say Peacock is unique among the new crop of competitors and offering a free tier. Okay, so it's free, but if you want to get, um, if you want to open the movie library up, it's $4.99 a month, which is not, still not bad, or $9.99 a month to upgrade, um, makes the mostly ad free. It says mostly ad free, so you're going to pay $5 yeah, more dollars right. for. Almost free, no free, ads, free ads, <laughs> no ads. That's so Sound stupid. like some bull again. But, but at least they're honest. It's just mostly ad-free, so <laughs> that's yeah, okay. okay. I'll stay with, the, I'll stay with the free streaming. I'll do that and <laughs> see how long that's gonna last. <laughs> but that's okay. a lot of accounts if they just pushed this out in July. So I mean. I guess everybody's staying home. What else we got to do? Shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Got us on lockdown. Where are we going? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It makes sense. But, uh, yeah, that's it on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I've
2: got the last one. Uh, voters in four states uh, could embrace broad legal marijuana sales on election day and a sweep that could highlight how, public acceptance of cannabis is cutting across geography, demographics, and the nation's deep political divide. Now, this coming November 3rd, we've got contests regarding uh, legalization of marijuana in New Jersey, Arizona, South Dakota, and Montana. And these four states could also shape policies not only in their states, but in Congress as the White House is looking at, well, not just the White House, but as Congress is looking at the legality at a federal level of marijuana. So you've got, uh, as most people know already, most Americans that live in states where marijuana is legal in some form or another, and now there are 11 that have fully legalized uh, the marijuana drug, I guess. It's a drug adults. That includes Alaska, California, Oregon, Washington State, Nevada, Colorado, Michigan, Illinois, um, Massachusetts, Maine, and Vermont, and Washington, D.C. And in conservative Mississippi, voters will consider competing ballot proposals that would legalize medicinal marijuana, which is allowed in 33 states. Now, New Jersey, in particular, could have Um, a major decision in the northeast area, which would be leading New York and Pennsylvania toward broad legalization. So there's a lot going on with cannabis legalization, not just for medicinal reasons, but for recreational use as well. And it's on a lot of ballots, you know, in various ways. But those main four states, they're looking at legalizing it across the board, so once once that happens, you know, like I said, that could start making a difference in, at the federal level of whether or not, instead of it being done state by state, that they finally get a decision at a federal level, which I would be shocked to see because we can't even get a federal decision across the board on what states can get votes beyond a certain day, you know, like we said earlier. Some states are nine mm-hmm. days, some are three, some are not at all. I mean, I'm like, if y'all can come to a conclusion on marijuana, then can we backtrack and get that <laughs> vote?
3: Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, you would think so. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, you know, um, Republicans I guess they- have been
2: blocking it for a long time as far as from the mm-hmm. federal point of view. But I'm if, surprised. Uh, if, well, I'm not surprised. But, you know, if um, if the Democrats win the majority in the Senate and in the House, you might start to see this uh, change. So we'll keep an eye mm-hmm. on that one and see what happens.
3: I know. It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I thought it would be more money, more money for that particular state. You know, the revenue, because Colorado, you know, they made millions of dollars. Why within that, that one day when they you know open the float floodgates? So yeah,
2: yeah, you would think. I thought yeah. for sure people would jump on that, you know, if for nothing else, just because they can put the sales sales tax on it.
3: Right, right, right. yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You said it's right.
2: Mississippi, right? Uh, that was one of the places. You know, they're saying they 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 have the competing. Ballots going on For uh, legalizing medicinal marijuana But the okay. main four states Are um, Who did I say New Jersey, Arizona, South Dakota And
3: Montana Oh okay Montana, you don't go up in the mountains And go get high <laughs> so I'm thinking like who
2: would know Y'all might as well do what you want to do Anyway yeah. That's it. Yeah. it Hit it and quit. <laughs> Uh, If you want to join the conversation, give us a call at 914-803-4306 and press 1 to get in the queue. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and we're coming back with Kettle and the cocktail of the week at the Pajama
3: Party Show. Be right back. Hey, this is Kettle with the Yellow Top. I'm waiting to hear from you tonight. I'm at the Pajama Party Live. You can reach us at 914-803-4306. Or you can check us out on AvaJoneParty.com. I've got my opinions, but I want to hear yours. Didi and Red Wine are trying to beat me down, so I need you to call back and back me up. I know you're out there. I can hear you breathing. So call me now, 914-803-4306. I'm right here on WBJP, Blog Talk Radio, waiting to hear from you.
1: Uh right, here it comes. I, I I gotta go. I gotta go. Hi, right, welcome back to the Pajama Party, uh money host Papadito We have a kettle. Hello. And red wine.
3: Bonsoir, darling.
2: It's time for kettle and the cocktail of the week. Week, week. <laughs> like
3: the Bama of the week, week, week. <laughs> yeah, but this is much better because it's the cocktail of the week, week, week. You like that. All right. We're going to punch it up a little Absolutely. bit. This is called All right. the Blackberry, right? This is called the Blackberry Pineapple Rum Cocktail. I've noticed a lot of people have gotten interested in uh, rum, especially dark rum. So I said, let me choose the cocktail appropriate. This cocktail gets its beautiful deep red purplish. You'll like that uh, red wine. hue from the blackberry syrup. Blackberry syrup uh, is this wonderfully luxurious mixture of cooked blackberries, water, and sugar that makes everything taste better. This cocktail runs smooth and drinks like a punch. So, our ingredients for this um, blackberry pineapple rum cocktail is One and a half ounces of dark rum, uh, a half an ounce of Grand Marnier, three-fourth ounces of the blackberry syrup, a half an ounce of fresh lime juice, one ounce of pineapple juice. Um, And the blackberry syrup has six ounces of fresh blackberries, one cup of granulated sugar, and a half a cup of water. So we're going to add ice to the mixing glass pour in dark rum, Grand Marnier, blackberry syrup, lime juice, and pineapple juice. Oh, you might like that one, Papa. Stir until the um, mixture is cold. Strain a cocktail into a serving glass with a baked ice cube. Garnish with fresh mint, blackberries, and a slice of lime. All right. Ooh. That is the blackberry pineapple rum cocktail. It'll be on our website. I love
2: it. Yes, I love it.
3: All, All right. right.
2: And the cocktail of the week is brought to you by DC Homegrown Entertainment. Check them out at dchomegrown.com dot com. Our parent company. They sponsor the cocktail of the week, and the kiss it list, I believe. All right. Thank you, Kel. That was excellent. Whew! I can't wait to give give that one a try. All right, uh, let's go over to Papa Diddy, and what's popping? What's popping, Papa Diddy?
1: Man, there's so much, you don't even know where to begin. Uh, the one thing I'm going to talk about is that I, I look at these, um, these so-called white boys, these malicious guys who, uh, they act like they're armed and ready to protect the country, defend the country during the... Uh, Election, you know, they got their fatigues on and they got their their guns and all their little long rifles and they out there in the woods shooting. He was a couple females in there also. They all got their little stuff on. They were talking about they And the, the the person from the news, the news uh, company was the the news um, affiliate was asking them, "Well, do you guys believe it's going to be a civil war?" And one of them said, well, we're already in Civil War. And they're all ignorant. They all got their, you know, it's almost like a modern-day KKK more or less. But they're all in their little, their camouflage fatigues. And they all got, they got guns over They got two guns on their hip. They got a rifle in their hand. They got all this, all this ammunition and all these guns. And they're talking about, yeah, we're ready to unite the election. We're ready to, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, there's like 25 of them. With all this armament and all this ammunition and all these fatigues, and they're out there in the woods shooting and stuff like that. but I said all that to say that um you know as long as you're as long as you're being the aggressor, you always feel like you got more heart than you really do, you know what I mean, and you're talking about a civil war only because you think that you've been out there. For the last six months, and you've been shooting, and and y'all got makeshift things, and all this stuff, and you shot up a bunch of oak trees, and and whatever you're doing. But but what do you do when somebody's shooting back at you? You know, what do you do when people of color unite, and now they got guns? And I don't I don't wish this ever happened, you know, because the end results of that would just be a bloody mess. But what do you do when people now are shooting back at you, or well, people out slicking you? And, and half of them had big old stomachs that were fat, out of shape. You know what I mean? But what if you get a bunch of in-shape people, and they're coming at you like the New Orleans Saints football team. Now they are, they in shape, they're limber, they're athletic, and they got guns just like you. And you got these big-ass stomachs, and you're all out of shape. You know Anybody can, can talk a good game as long as the odds are one-sided. You know, but when you got somebody with a gun pointing back at your ass, and they got just as much armament and ammunition as you have, and they're shooting back at you, now, now where you stand? Now you, now you're calling foul. Now you're saying, what are those black people doing with those guns? You know, now all the racial stuff is coming out. Where, you know, where'd they get those guns, or why? I mean, I could just hear it now. I mean, my goodness, if they're shooting black folks without being armed, imagine if they were armed. They'll call the police in a minute. They wouldn't even want to battle the situation. But they can always, and I'll keep this short, you know, you can always go against somebody. A bully will always go after somebody that they deem uh, isn't going to be responsible, responsive to what they're saying. A bully can talk a good game, a strong game. I'm a bully. They're, they're like a bull in a china shop. They're like the Tasmanian devil. Until somebody comes back at them. And bullies end up getting their ass whooped in the schoolyard anyway. How many times have you heard where a little third grader goes home and his father cheats him out of fighting in the backyard and he goes back to school, he's tired of his lunch money being taken, and his father cheats him out of boxing, he goes back to school and whoops the bully's ass. That's classic shit. You know, because now the opposition is up against you now, so what are you going to do? You can't just show aggression because you feel you got more firepower than somebody else does. Because it's not really firepower that wins the war, it's strategy common sense manipulation ability just like a football team you know you got offense defense special teams that's the stuff involved in winning a conflict but these jokers are just bullish in there they got that trump overtone they listen to the dog whistle that trump is blowing mm-hmm. and they go out there like goddamn fools half of them are ignorant as hell live out in the damn sticks in the woods they're fucking their cousins and everything else you know they're classic jerk offs and and this is what they amount to then you give them a damn gun wow Ain't that a bitch? So, like I said, look at the source. And when they get on TV talking all that jazz, they only talk with all kind of arrogance and belligerence, and and I'm we're gonna do this and we'll do this. Why? Because ain't nobody shooting back at y'all ass. As soon as you go out there thinking you tough, and the first bullet fly by your fucking nose, you are gonna realize, oh shit, I wanna live. They'll be <laughs> dialing nine more money damn. So I'll leave it at that.
2: <laughs> all right. All right, that was a good one, Papa. Yeah, I've seen Um, some of them uh, on the news, you know. That guy, I saw one today, he was talking about, yeah, the president said for us to stand by.
1: Stand by and stand down. (laughs) Yeah, we're standing by.
2: We're waiting for his cue. I like his cue to do what? Yep,
3: to act
2: like a fool. Yeah, to do what? He got a
1: big-ass gun and a big-ass stomach. I'm like, what you gonna do with somebody? <laughs> yeah, I'm like done? the
2: military does not need y'all.
1: No, they've never been in the military. If you
3: wanna be in the military, go sign up.
1: Yeah, exactly. This,
3: this little bastard is talking their language. He's talking their language. Exactly. He's talking to them. When he says those things he's talking to them. And and he repeated yeah, what he said on, he,
1: Trump ain't out on the street though. Trump got the the, the he got the that
3: Secret the, Service protecting him. And
1: he got the whole armed forces. At his beck and call, they ain't got nothing but right. themselves.
3: But but he still has to speak to them. He speaks to them every day. Oh, that's yeah, why he tweets a lot.
1: Well, because they're ignorant, they have to keep being reminded. Right. You know they can't they can't retain nothing. So you got to keep telling. Having, that's why he goes to all these rallies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I mean,
2: who does I mean, that? It's almost like a, <laughs> like a pimp. Trump. That's who. I've never seen anybody like behave a, like that. It's almost
3: like a pimp, Papa, doing what? Yeah,
2: hey, a
1: pimp, pimp has got to keep <laughs> pushing the prostitutes every night.
3: you got to oh, slap them hoes. you got to
1: slap them hoes. Dang, you got to slap no, those no.
3: hoes. I, I ain't Too much. That. No, look, 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 I'm not getting on that bedwagon. I'm not touching that. Look, I respect
1: the hoes. He going, respects the hoes, okay. I ain't going out there look. like that
3: we get right, ready lighten it up right now. So, yeah, lighten that's it up. We're gonna do <laughs> lighten it up right now. Yeah, okay, we gotta be the rewind? <laughs> what you well, got on Where the are rewind? we? Oh, oh, we're we up weird news. Weird news, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, I
2: got you. Okay, mm-hmm. I've got, I've got, um, oh, wait a minute. Let's see, let's go to the phone lines before we hit the weird news. Okay, we have a caller that wants to give us a comment. Caller, welcome to the show. Go right ahead with your comment. Hello.
4: Please don't slap those. The <laughs> <laughs> There's a plea. I'm not going to
0: slap
3: those.
4: Oh. oh, my gosh. Y'all, I have brushed me. eye. had me laugh. <laughs>
3: I'm but, not going to uh, slap uh, the hose. Probably, I'm probably, just
4: fucking. What the TV was sucking on is, is real. You know what I mean? This in 85, yes. they had to move, move fire in Philly. And now the shooting like that, and this is all in the same area, you know. And the people haven't healed from them dropping the bomb in the neighborhood. Now you got a shooting in broad daylight from two white wow. men, you know, with kids out and everything on the street, and you done put 14 shells. You he shot 14 bullets in this
3: man.
2: That was crazy.
1: Yeah. yeah that's crazy. crazy. All it you is know. for
2: a man holding a knife.
1: Yeah, a little Swiss Army knife.
3: Wow.
2: They could have just tackled him. I was like, <sighs> Y'all, seriously? You couldn't have just tackled him? Uh-huh. You oh, know man. what I couldn't understand? You know, and everybody's talking about
4: these tasers. What happened to the billy clubs? What happened to the blackjack? They don't have those anymore, you know that's a good question nice stick and then and then, what happened to these you know these beat cops? You don't even see that no more when we was growing up in that same neighborhood, there was this police officer called uh grayhead who was dating a girl who was messing with a woman on our block. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. but just cat, man, when you would had a problem or especially if you lived in the neighborhood. This guy didn't even chase you or nothing. He'd come to your house. He'd say you can run wow. all you want to.
2: Huh. I'll see you hmm. later. And he'd pull up for
3: you. All right. So, you know. But like you uh, said,
2: they were they were beat cops. So they worked a certain right. area. They knew everybody. They knew the business owners. They knew
3: right. people's parents. They knew people. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the difference. That's the difference now. Yeah. Yeah, He's you can't be, hit. you know,
2: a, a long-distance police officer and then you roll up in a neighborhood where you don't know anybody, you don't know who's who, what's what, sure and great. then you show up and whip out a gun and you're ready to just start shooting people. You know, that's that's not a good way to operate, and that's what keeps no, happening. It's, mm-hmm. No, it's not. And then on top of that, how are you going to have, now, this is two police
4: officers. None of y'all had common sense to say, whoa, wait a minute. They both shot, shot at this one guy? It just ain't that. Exactly. Deal. I think they all, to me, they all working for Trump.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah. When the DG, you, you hit
4: the head on the nail. Like, you know, they got a new police commissioner, and she's mm-hmm. just going along to get along. Wow.
3: I used to to think that they
2: were all afraid, but my thing is, if you're scared, then this is not the profession for you.
3: Mm -hmm. I agree. You said it right. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, if you're scared
2: of your own shadow, then you need to go work behind a desk or become an accountant or do something else. But Mm -hmm. don't come out here on the street like you're ready to do something, and then everything that happens, as soon as you hear a noise, you whip out your gun and just start shooting. Mm-hmm. See that's why I don't I don't believe that,
4: you know, I think they're afraid. But I also know that they know it, that, that they believe that ain't nothing going to happen, because they're wearing that
3: uniform. Mhm. They yeah, know I that agree. they're not going to do it. They're protected by that blue badge, by that shield. Protected, exactly. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And we've we seen it cycle. over and over. Mm-hmm. Yep, too many times. You're right. Yep. Yeah. All been right. Over and over.
2: But yeah. thanks for taking right, my call. Y'all have a good night. You too. All right. Thank you for calling. You stay with us now. Thank you so much. All right. But he's right. We see that over and yeah. over. They do stuff and yeah. they get away with
3: it. No charge. He had a good point. Yeah, he had a good point about the beat cop. Um, I know in certain states or cities, um, you have to live in 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 that area. Like, say, for instance, D.C., you have to live in D.C. to be a cop. That's that's what the requirements were. Now, I'm not sure now, because um, you couldn't live in Maryland and work in D.C. and be a cop. You know, I like the right. fact that you know your neighborhood and you know your surroundings, you know people. And the B cops, they need to come back because, I mean, I see cops now on bikes. But are they talking to anybody? Are they talking to the business owner? Are they talking to the kids in the neighborhood? You know, every now and again, you do see those things going on, but they need to do a little more so they know their own community, so to speak. So Carla had a good point about the beat cup. Man, that took me way back. (laughs) Yeah. -hmm. Yeah.
2: All right. We're going to lighten it up and get back to the weird news. I've got a billionaire. This guy's name is Bill Gross. is in the middle of a legal battle with his tech entrepreneur neighbor over a $1 million sculpture and allegations that Mr. Gross has been blasting Gilligan's Island theme song on a loop from his house. (laughs) See, this is what happens when you just got too much money and no sense. Uh, Mr. Gross installed a large lighted glass art installation on his Laguna Beach property along the property line. Now, he put this thing right there at the property line, so it sounded like he was trying to start something. So his neighbor, Mark Tofig, according to the lawsuit, said that, uh, you know, the thing is on the property line and he had a problem with it, and he was saying that it's blocking the ocean view. So he's pissed because you're blocking my view to the ocean, So after several months of him going back and forth trying to get Mr. Gross to move it, he decided to go and complain to the city. The city said, yeah, you're right on the property line. You need to move it. And in the midst of all this, Mr. Gross, just to piss off Mr. Tofik would blast on Speaker the Gilligan's Island theme song and loop it. And that thing would just play over and over at odd hours of the night just crazy stuff, you know, and this is a billionaire acting like this. So finally, um, after various charges back and forth, Tofig filed a a suit against Mr. Gross, alleging that it was abuse and that he was uh, under duress and that he had to leave his home, he and his wife, and stay somewhere else because this man kept on playing Gilligan's Island all night and all day. <laughs> now he couldn't, he just didn't have peace in his own home. So he finally was granted a temporary straining order on his neighbor October 16th, and now he's scheduled for a hearing, November 2nd.
3: Mm. Wow.
2: Man, <laughs> billionaires gone crazy, I tell you. Yes.
3: Yeah they have nothing else to do. I mean, why Gilligan's house? out? Oh boy, he's obsessed with that. Okay. Yeah, if, I can if, imagine if that would be irritating. Anything else but that? Anything else but that? All right. Um Georgia Food Writer creates chipmunk restaurant. Okay. Let's let's see what he's on. Um, a Georgia Food Writer who missed visiting restaurants uh Because of the COVID-19 pandemic, found a unique way to bring the experience home, creating a miniature eatery for a chipmunk that uh, frequents her front porch. Okay, I do remember seeing this uh, story on the news. Her name is Angela Hansberg of of Tucker said uh, the forced closing of restaurants during the COVID-19 outbreak came as a blow to her, um, both professionally and personally. Her chipmunk restaurant project began when her uncle set her a tiny picnic table that she had originally intended to nail to a fence for, uh, for the squirrels to climb. So um, okay. she, uh, she said, I set it down on my front porch while I took the packaging to the recycling bin. And when I walked back, there was a chipmunk sitting there like a little person. I gave him some nuts. I had um, (laughs) (laughs) leftover from a holiday pie, and he ate them. The next morning, I did the same. Uh, He came every day, sometimes sitting at the empty table waiting for me. Um, So she started creating chipmunk-sized versions of popular restaurant food to feed her daily guests. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Um, She named the uh, chipmunk Thelonious Monk. Interesting. Uh, she began plating her dishes, learning about what was good and not good for a chipmunk diet, and trying to make um, entrees using nuts, grains, and fruit. Wow. The, wow. the food enthusiast uh, said she soon added a miniature bar. Wow. Okay. Uh, to the restaurant um, for serving, look, rodent size sushi and romaine bowls. Wow. Okay. She says one day he she, came up She got up, a lot of time uh, on this, her hand. Why? She said one day he came up with this little tiny bundle of ball of leaves and put it on the table. So she took that to mean that that was her tip, I guess.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh.
3: <laughs> that is funny. I did see that. That was the cutest thing. I'm like, "Okay. Wow. I did uh, not see okay. that." That was that was interesting. I think uh, it was on CBS or something. I don't know. The chipmunk, he would come. I mean, give her something to do. I mean, she, why, why not? <laughs> He's eating <Yeah>.
2: good.
3: <laughs> oh, she got oh, a chipmunk man.
2: restaurant for one sitting there yep. at this little tiny table.
3: Yep. It's that's interesting that's if crazy, if he, but it, it is kind of cute. I know. Uh, it would be interesting if she, if she had more, if he had more coming, like maybe his little uh friend or wife or whatever, you know, a little chipmunk. That'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. Oh,
2: say, okay, yeah. I'm gonna bring my posse up here.
3: And you feed over there. That would All be right. funny. But...
2: Yeah, that was a good one, Carol, Okay, let's uh-huh. see, are we going back uh, back over to where is Papa Didi? Back over to Papa Didi. Uh Papa he's Didi, lost in translation? What's your... Yeah, no, he's right here. What, you what's know. your? Uh, he's trying not to work tonight, but we're gonna this, make
1: him finish uh, up. Uh... This happened in Florida. It didn't give it a Pacific place in Florida. I meant in Central Florida. Uh, this was a. They found a large python underneath the hood of a car in Florida. I mean, oh. This was a big fat python too, and uh, they were actually glad they found it. This was from the Florida Fish and uh, Wildlife Conservation Commission. It said officers were dispatched in Broward County when a resident discovered a 10-foot python underneath the hood of the car.
0: Oh, my gosh. Right.
1: The, uh, the uh, as they call it, the FWC, like I said, Fish and Wildlife Conservation, said in a Facebook post that the officers responded to the, uh, I think it's called Diana Beach area, to remove the large snake from underneath the hood of a, a blue Ford Mustang. Hmm. Uh,
0: the
1: post indicated uh the post also include a video of a python, which is an invasive uh, an invasive species in Florida, uh, being removed from the engine compartment and safely captured. And they they uh, were glad they quoted it because the pythons are really special. They're real big, but they they just kind of feed off of uh, birds and mammals and reptiles and things like that, you know. And uh,
2: what the heck was it doing in the hood of the car?
1: Well, it just probably was probably in there since it was a baby or it's a small, uh, small animal and just right. positioned itself for uh, whatever reason. Just hanging up? They probably, yeah, they're right. They probably parked somewhere where they can, <clears throat> people probably lived around a lot of different things, a lot of edible things. So he was fat as hell, so he was going to eat that mm-hmm. hood, but he was eating.
0: So oh, my probably god! probably took his hood out <laughs> and they probably
1: drove the car. He was probably up against the Defender base and was resting in there and went on trips and everything. And,
3: Good, great. Because that's considered and, uh, a warm mammal, right? So they want to stay on the warm things, right? Is that correct? Yeah. A snake is a warm mammal? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Ugh. But it was mm-hmm. a Mustang? Mm-hmm. Dang, yeah.
2: That is so disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> disrespectful. Does it make
1: a difference a Mustang. Yes,
2: it does make a difference.
1: But you go. He could have
2: been in a Toyota or something. I would have just said, all right. But a Mustang? That's just disrespectful. I'm going to put that Python oh, on the
3: kissing list. OMG. <laughs>
0: How dare oh, you? How oh,
3: dare boy. you?
0: <laughs> Get well, up we in look, a.
2: We need inside to... of a Mustang. We might need to take Gunn a little sneak break
3: so we can regroup. <laughs> I'm just saying, the noise. <laughs> At least we might have to regroup hey. on this Python story, Papa. You know what I'm We might have to regroup. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that.
2: Yeah. There you okay. go, Python.
3: No. Right. The
2: audacity. All right, we'll take a quick break, and then we're coming back with moi. And I'm just saying, on the other side right. of the break. We'll be right back. This is The Pajama Party coming to you live. What's on your mind? Call us on 914-803-4306. Got an opinion or just want to say hello to the crew? Hello! You know what to do. Call 914-803-4306. If you just want to listen to the show online, go to www.apajamaparty.com and click the banner in the upper right corner. But if you want to talk to the crew, you need to call us on 914-803-4306 and press 1. We'll get to your call as soon as possible. It's nothing but fun and a pillow fight every Friday night at the pajama party. And remember, PJs only, no clothes allowed. Now back to the crew and more of the pajama party. Bartender, another round for the house. Thank you, darling.
1: All right, welcome back to the John Party. When he hosts host, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine.
2: Some swan, darling.
1: All right, we're going to take it to the next phase, which is uh, Red Wine doing a segment called I'm Just Saying. So uh, take away Red Wine.
2: Okay, I'm just saying tonight, where is the compassion? Let's talk about those children that are left at the border and can't get reconnected to their parents. I cannot stop thinking about that 545, 545 children at the border that were separated from their parents or their families. Now, some of these children have been in that detention area since all the way back to 2017. This is 2020, so that's like three years now. Some of these children have been detained for three whole years. Are you kidding me? And now the authorities are saying that they can't even get in touch with these children's parents? I really question how hard are they trying? And what was the plan from the beginning? Did they even have a real method figured out for how they were going to reunite the children with their families? I'm just saying, where is the compassion? When I hear Trump uh, administration officials say things like, Oh, the children are being very well taken care of or saying things like, oh, they're living better here than they would have where they came from. I just wonder if they would have said those kind of things, if these had been white American children being kept in detention, separate from their parents, somewhere overseas, some other country, if they had been treated the same way, you know, some other country. Little white children, would they be acting like this? Would they be so callous and so cold and so lacking of compassion? Would there be such a blatant lack of compassion then? That's what I'd like to ask them. And one of these officials then claimed that some of these parents don't want their children. I'm not buying that one at all. I think it goes a lot deeper than that. The problem, one of the problems, is that once these parents were deported back across the border, that created a whole nother issue. Because if they can't get into the U.S. legally, they know that if they try to come back and they get caught, they're going to get deported. They're trying to get reconnected with their children. So if they can get their children, they're not trying to go back across the border heading south. They're trying to stay here in the U.S. They're not trying to be separate from their children. So to make a statement like, well, some of them don't even want their children, you know, this kind of goes back to when Trump said, oh, well, you know, Mexico sends the the undesirable people here. First of all, I don't think the Mexican government sent anybody anywhere or any other country from south of the border. People came here because they were either trying to escape execution, prosecution, all kinds of, you know, negative lifestyles, etc., and they were trying to seek a better life. That whole thing of the so-called American dream, people still want that. Whatever it may mean, that's what they try to, you know, achieve. So to say that, oh, they don't want their kids, that's bull. I don't buy that at all. And even if people were to able, able to get back or to be deported, rather, how many of them actually survived it? You know, because there were people who risked their life trying to get to America. So when they got deported, I don't know what that journey was like. I wonder how many of these people are still living. Maybe that's why you can't get in touch with them, assuming you actually are trying. I'm still, you know, not too sure if they're telling the truth on that. But why didn't Homeland Security or the Department of Health and Human Services uh, have a better method of reconnecting the families before they separated them. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Why would you separate people if you don't know how you're going to put them back together? It's like they decided after the fact, oh, we separated them, now we got to figure out how to put them back together. That makes no sense. You can see it for yourself, the numbers when you look at how many people have been separated and how many are still there. 545 children some of them been there since 2017. You can see that for yourself. This is not adding up. It is not compassionate. It is cruel. It is unusual. What is it, cruel and unusual punishment? I, I, I cannot imagine that we're, we as a nation are okay with this. I just, like I said, I think it was inhumane and a brutal tactic from the beginning. These kids are probably going to have all kinds of emotional scars, anxiety, depression, all kinds of things throughout their life. Separation issues. And is Homeland Security or DHF going to pay for therapy for them? These are the same people who didn't even want to pay for daggone toothpaste and sanitary products for these kids or for the people who've been detained. How are you going to take care of their mental condition after what they've been through? Where they can't be with their families. This stuff just, it just, oh, it just burns me up. This is red wine, and I'm just saying, where is the compassion? These children and all the people that were detained could sure use some.
3: <clears throat> all right. That was a good one, red wine. All right.
2: This stuff is crazy.
3: Well, I know. Yeah.
2: How long you do think they think they're compassion. gonna hold these kids? But how long are they gonna hold these kids? It's been three years for some of them.
3: Wow. What, what are you That's gonna do? Let time. these
2: kids grow up in a in a detention area?
3: I I, I think it's a, a ring going on, like a um, you know, like they have prostitution ring. I think it's it's, it's an adoption ring. You know, they're keeping these kids um, for for some reason. Well, they're good, you know And it just doesn't look good at all to me That's what I think uh-huh.
2: It's definitely not a good look for America It's not Not at all All right uh, We're going to shift gears and go back to Papa Didi For living for the city You ready for us, Papa?
1: Hey, let me take a little break for a minute I mean...
2: Okay, you need some fresh ice
1: lined up here
2: all right, well, let's do that, and we're coming back on the other side of the break with Papa D and Living for the City. Living just
0: enough, just enough for the
2: city. Okay, but why are we doing Stevie Wonder? I thought we were doing pajama Party. Well, I was, I was talking about
1: my little, uh,
0: one, of my segment, one of my segments of uh, Living for the City. Join the party. Now you can ride
2: me.
1: That's
0: um,
3: yes, every Friday night at nine pajama party no yeah,
1: clothes just, allowed kettle and red wine uh, step on my parade I had the mic first and they're coming in just trying to uh, you know
0: it's my turn oh, yeah, I don't <laughs> know what number call oh, okay. yeah,
1: uh, call us at 914 914- 803 803- 803- 406-
0: 4306 and press 1
1: and press 1 to be put into the queue and uh, say what you have to say. You can read off what we're talking about. Come up with a new subject you okay. own. We're, we we're,
0: easy. You. we're
1: liberal. We're Eastern.
0: Eastern time.
1: Eastern time. We're here at 9 9 p.m. Friday nights at uh, 6, o'clock six o'clock
0: West, Coast. The West Coast.
1: And uh, what maybe? Seven o'clock
0: in the mountains, or in the... yeah, seven in the mountains. Uh, Around Michigan,
4: Michigan and New Orleans and all that. We're like an hour
0: back, yeah, but nine o'clock on the East Coast. Nine fifteen will be tea time. Tea time, nine fifteen. Don't be late when you listen to us. It is nine o'clock on the
3: dot.
1: That's right. Every Friday night. We'll
3: see you there.
1: Goodbye. All right, welcome back to the pajama party (laughs) with Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. In red wine.
2: Bonsoir, darling. And it's time for Papa Didi and living for the city.
1: Wow. You know, I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to hang on your word with the, with the kids on that situation with dad. And, um, you know, the CY people are, uh, I tell you, you have to understand where America stands. You know, we, uh, a lot of times, when you look at stuff, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of died down now because generations have passed on and and things have been eradicated completely. So really, they couldn't do it or can't go further. But uh, a lot of times, a lot of uh, terrorist situation that started over in over in in Europe or in the Middle Eastern countries, you know, America America kind of did their own damage in the beginning. You know what I mean? They shot their own self in the foot just like they did right now. And you never know what happens when people grow up 10, 15 years later. You know, because kids growing up, you do stuff to kids, they don't go backwards. They grow forward, they grow up. And especially the kids in that in that concentration camp that are about maybe 8, 9 years old. And they know what's going on, you know. 10 years from now when they turn, not even 10 years, all of a sudden they get released. Or get deported and go back to their country at about 16 years old. You they hate America for life because America destroyed their 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 childhood, and they don't realize that because now Trump is out of there and other presidents are in there, and and maybe it's become a lot more cooled out in America now. Just but this is you got to put this whole same scenario 25, 30 years ago when something was done to another group of foreigners and all of a sudden America came in and did some barbaric stuff, you know, way back during the days of J. Edgar Hoover, when they were also dogging black folks and dogging Martin Luther King, but they were also doing stuff to the uh, people overseas and, and kicking them around and all this jazz, you know, just believing that this is a white nation. And uh, so it, it, it all to go to show you that later on in life, man, people don't forget. And these kids in these concentration camps, they're not going to forget when they turn 15, 16 years old. And next you know, they develop a little terrorist group, or they come to America, they get back to America on a visa, and now the same people that incarcerated them aren't there anymore. That's the sad part about it. The terrorist stuff comes in effect, and they get mad and come back years later. But the people that did them wrong are out of out of leadership, but they're still pissed off at America. Then you wonder, damn why are they acting like that? why do they develop a gang? why are they killing and raping people? well, that same little kid you know al uh Alhanso, uh, 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 you know gene gonzalez was was a, a little guy you had to taint when he was five six years old, Then that's what he grew up to be, so you never know life goes on and also uh also I want to talk about the other thing uh, you were saying red wine with uh, with the whole Trump administration, how Trump is always talking about how people don't have this and don't have that. Just like when he talked about Puerto Rico, Mm -hmm. when he was going, they wanted to be rescued from the hurricanes and all. He said, well, the place was a shithole before it happened. So what do they expect us to do? Do They expect us... I mean, why are you always... The insurance company is supposed to come and make things better. When somebody come in and fix you up or clean you up or the Red Cross come and, and... Take you in from your house burning on fire, they supposed to make things better for you. But then when the pandemic was going on, when they were talking about respirators and everything, Trump, te- te- wow, well, we sent a bunch of respirators. What, what, the respirators going out the back door? He's always talking with this ghetto ass mentality, like somebody's always stealing some shit, mm-hmm. like somebody's always doing some foul shit. Why should I help them when they're they're raggedy poor asses we met metal? Why should be that? Why, 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 why? That's the person with an unconscious, unpassionate thought process. Period. Just like his uh, who was that lady who wrote the book? That was his niece or somebody.
2: Yeah, that was
1: his niece. Mary. His niece. Yeah, she said my uncle, my uncle Donald was was fucked up. My whole life. I ain't making this shit up. And she knows, you know. Mm-hmm. She 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 knows what's up. People are like yeah, yeah. She's crazy. She's crazy. Yeah, she's a weirdo. She's an outcast. Outcast my ass, you know. Sometimes, you know, the family member knows the family member best. Don't be fooled by the hype, you know. So, And just seeing Trump do that situation where he talked about Puerto Rico, then he go to Puerto Rico and he's throwing paper towels around like he's doing people a favor. Yeah, the government brought 200 rolls of paper towels. He throwing them in the, in the crowd like he's doing motherfuckers a favor yeah. with a 69-cent roll of fucking paper towels. He's throwing them around like he's. And then to say that the respirator, what the respirator, what they they must be stealing the they must be stealing the mask. We sent hundreds of masks there. Now they got no more. Well they're using them. Hell often use the mask. Get contaminated, throw in the trash. You need more. Just keep your job as the president is to keep supplying shit. Don't talk like you're a mafia boss in, in Newark, New Jersey, or in Burton County up north somewhere, up in Passaic, or or one of these little towns up north where these boys hang out, the Rat Pack, hang out in the Hoboken and shit with Frank Sinatra and all the rest of them motherfuckers. You know, stop acting like you one of them uh, corner boys up in Bergen County, North Jersey, Passaic, or East Orange, and all that. That's how he's talking. Ah, what, what do you want? That's how he's handling the presidency. Anybody that don't deserve ain't supposed to have. It's a mess. So take a good look at it, because and when I see all these people here talking about they're voting for him, this one black lady, yeah, I'm voting because, well, you know, I'm not a Trump fan, but I'm Republican. I'm like, your ass is dumb as hell, you know? I mean, it's just so many people, especially people of color that, that are voting for Trump. And the alibis they're using to do it. Then you got these celebrities, you know? Those people we talked about that are, that are going in on Trump. That's because of tax purposes. These boys making big money, Ice Cube and all these different celebrities. These boys got thousands, millions of dollars, and when Trump gives these tax cuts to the rich, they're the rich.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: They may be black and they be rappers, but they got twenty million dollars in the bank. So if Trump say you ain't got you ain't got to pay but four hundred thousand dollars on your taxes. They go for it, and then they actually like them because of that. I mean,
2: come on, give
1: me a break, you know. So who can you trust today? I'm gonna leave that
3: alone. None of them. All right. Yeah. yeah. Lil Wayne was the last to get on board. Yeah. He was the most recent yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and who gives a damn about this crazy ass? I'm putting him on the catching <laughs> list. Please.
1: Who gives a damn about oh Lil God. Wayne? That little crazy motherfucker Ooh. got 9,000 tattoos and. 9,000 pierces and all kind of shit. You don't know who he is. You take all that stuff off of him, wouldn't you recognize him? Yeah. Let's remove the tattoos and remove his piercings and all that. He'd be, oh, he'd be yeah. one of the ugliest little yeah. black children you ever want to see. Anyway.
2: Anyway. Oh. Speaking of little Wayne, let's talk about Hollywood and celebrity information. Kettle, you oh. has got the entertainment update.
3: You ready for it? Yeah. Yep.
2: Come on, Papa. <laughs> right. Thank you, Papa Diddy.
3: Give me a shot. All right, go for it. okay. Megan Markle is in the news. She has successfully bid to have her trial against the um mail on Sunday published um back in the fall of twenty twenty one. So If you guys don't know, um, this publication uh, had released a letter that she sent to her dad. They had publicized the particular letter. I'm not sure if they publicized everything about it, but she's trying to, um, I guess, sue them because of that fact. And they had pushed the date um, back to um, 2021 of October. So, you know, she's busy doing other things, So. Um, the uh, court granted her that uh, You know granted her that um, mm-hmm. Also LeBron James um, Is um, collaborating with CNN Films To produce a documentary On the 1921 Tulsa race massacre um, LeBron James is hoping to um, Shed some light On a tragedy that has been Largely absent from the American history books um, If you guys don't know about the um uh, 1921 a massacre It happened um, When mobs of white residents Many of them um, Repultized And given weapons By city officials Attacked black residents And businesses Of the Greenwood district In Tulsa, Oklahoma And this happened back in 1921 It it yeah. included a 35 that was square black block Wall Street. Right 35 square block of the district at the time, the wealthiest black community in the United States. Like you said, known as Black Wall Street. So just like we were talking about earlier about Philadelphia, how they did that. So LeBron, he's trying to shed some light on it. Um, Him and CNN, they're collaborating together to um, bring this movie. And it's called um, Dreamland, The Rise and Fall of Black Wall Street. So we're going to look for that. They're filming right now. So it's going to be some... uh, Personal people talking about it, um, you know, so it's like documentary-type style, I guess. Um, uh, that's how they're going to put it out. Okay. Also, Scarlet Also, yeah, Scarlett Johansson and Colin announced they secretly got married with the help of the Staten Island Ferry. Interesting. Okay. So oh. I guess they got a group of folks and got okay. on the Staten Island Ferry, went over there, and got, got married. <laughs> Colin Joe from SNL, huh? Yeah, Colin Joe and SNL, yeah. from SNL. Yep. Oh, yep, okay. that's him. They've been dating for a while, and uh, I guess they decided to go ahead and try to not. So they put it out on Instagram. It's a, it's a big uh, fairy uh, showing, uh, and they said, "We're thrilled to break the news that Scarlett Johansson and Colin uh, Joe were married over the weekend." And then intimate ceremony with their immediate family and loved ones. Um I, that's nice. Okay. Um, he's pretty funny on SNL. I like him, him and the uh other guy that do the news, the black guy. I can't know his, I can't remember his name. Uh, but, uh Michael Che. Right, okay. But everybody knows Carla Johansson. She's done all the um what are the movies, uh Papa Didi? she's done? Um what's the most popular I liked one? It.
1: I like that one when she had that little thing inside of her, that little... Oh, yeah, yeah. Where she yeah. was carrying this little serum.
2: Oh, yeah. Where she kept getting really smart good. or something, was controlling yeah, was everything. Controlling, yeah, controlling Yes, um, Borg, yes. Borg, Morgan Freeman Freeman was in there. Was yes, That
3: yes, was good. Yes. I can't
2: remember what it was called, but that was a good one. I movie. can't
3: either. Yeah, but everybody knows Jola Hans- uh, Johansson. Also, um... Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton are officially engaged after five years of dating. You know, they they met on The Voice um, in 2015. Uh, they dated for five years and uh, come to find out that Gwen Stefani she is Catholic and she had to go get papers to uh, uh, an annulment papers before she could get married. So I guess that's why Blake took a while to uh, you know pop the question. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. Didn't know. So, uh, because she's Catholic, she filed for divorce from um, you know her, her ex-husband in 2015, and I mean, that's when her and Blake, you know, start talking. But uh, she had to do annulment papers first. So, <laughs> interesting. Okay. Uh, hmm Whatever works. I think she's, I think she's older kills kills me. Yeah, I yeah, think she I is. Think about Ten, ten or twelve years older, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. If you guys watch The Masked Singer, reveals the identity of the lips. Um. It's. Uh, do you guys know who it was? Have any idea? I do because I watch that crazy show. What do you the think, lips? Papa? Who the lips? The lips. <laughs> <laughs> on on the, uh, the character singer. of the lips. Um. Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to give you a hint. How you doing? <laughs> um, it's your girl. Yes. How you doing? When, yeah. Wendy Williams. Okay. Wendy Williams. Talk, talk show host. who's the latest right. celebrity to built on the Fox mass Singer. <laughs> mm-hmm. She said this is one of the hardest things she's ever done. Um, but, I mean, you can kind of tell from right. her voice and her trying to sing, because she can't sing worth a Jiggity Jack. She can't. Not at all. But, well, uh, she was actually
0: singing?
3: She was trying to sing. She was trying to, yes. She was trying to, but um, she performed Native New Yorker. Yeah. She was in Native New Yorker. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was rough. She performed? yeah you, you have to check it out, Papa. <laughs> oh. It was funny. Didn't nobody know. Even her staff on her show didn't know that she was doing it. So, you know. That's that's what they do. Okay and, and one last secret. Yeah, and one last note uh, it's a movie called Spell with uh Amari Hardwick and Loretta Devine. It kinda resembles misery. Uh a man crashes, um he's going to visit his uh sick father and he crashes his plane and he ends up in this um woman's attic. So she has to you know, nursing back to health and uh yeah, she's a crazy one, so we'll see how that goes. It's called Spell. Um okay. I believe it's on a streaming service and um that's been the talk of the town all week. Um so Amari Hardik and Loretta Devine that's that's their latest film. It's called Spell. So check it out. That's my Hollywood wrap up. Okay.
1: That sounds like the other movie where he- Hits their guy's
3: feet. Yes, yeah, what she said, like uh, misery.
2: Misery. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
3: misery. Um, uh, yeah, that movie was good. All right, that I was guess a good this is one, for quote unquote black version. You're welcome. This is the black version. Yeah, this is black misery. <laughs> yeah. All right,
2: well, Papa Dee can you tell us about the Kiss It List?
1: Oh, well, the Kiss It List, which is uh, easy to fill these days of uh, people that show their butt. <laughs> Over last week or so, we put them on the list, and uh, put them on blast. and uh we' gonna put on a little Wayne first and
2: yeah, definitely, and we got little Wayne ice and ice cube, cube ice
1: cube yeah definitely. and not to mention whatever other celebrities that are rich as hell and loving trump's tax cut
3: yeah
2: jumping, and, jumping on his uh platinum plan yeah. as opposed to help black people, yeah, you have help a few to, people
3: uh, red wine don't you. Uh, the yeah, I got a couple of the Brianna Taylor, yeah.
2: Yeah, I got the cyber criminals, all the cyber criminals that's holding people's mm-hmm. data hostage. Uh, we got Attorney General Cameron down in uh, Louisville. Uh, who is Brett Hankerson? Was one of those cops or somebody's lawyer. And the cop, the Jonathan... Cop. Okay, Jonathan Mattingly, the one who's suing Brianna Taylor's boyfriend... What? He's on the it list. Mm-hmm. Uh, the billionaire who's playing Gilligan's Island, Bill Gross. And the python under the Mustang hood with his disrespectful self, he's on the kissing list. <laughs> uh,
0: Ho-
2: Homeland Security and DHS for still mm-hmm. having those kids locked up in detention and you can't find their parents, so you say. "Hmm." Uh, who else do we have? That's who I have on my list. Anybody else?
1: The usual mm-hmm. uh, Trump, Mnuchin, Barr.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're always on the list.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We have. I had somebody else, and I can't think of his name. It was some Republican who had put some um, really nasty derogatory cartoons of Kamala Harris on his Facebook post. And then he took him down after people blasted his dumb butt. He mm-hmm. had put some posts out where Kamala Harris was looking like she was performing a sex act on oh, on no. you know something pertaining to Biden and all you know just stuff like that. And he's been you know asked to I think he stepped down or something. But he kept making statements about how he was gonna get his job back. His what was back. This?
0: What was this this? It's
2: some Republican somewhere and I, I should have written it down. I saw that article and I didn't write it down. But whoever that jerk off is, he's on the kiss it list. Um anybody else? That's everybody?
3: That's, That's it. it. That's it. That's it for okay. this week.
2: Well we have a special award. For everybody on this week's kiss it list and here kiss it is my
0: in my head kiss my irish ass you better kiss my irish ass this world, kiss my ass kiss my ass you can
1: just All right, welcome back to a town party. I'm to host, Papa D. your kettle. Hello. And red wine.
2: Bonsoir, darling. Bonsoir. <laughs> it's time for the last word because we've done what we came to do tonight. What's your last word, Papa Didier?
1: My last word is that uh, we're definitely um, coming to the end of an era. If you look up the 2000. 20, it's a rough year, rough year with everything that uh, goes along with it, but it's about to with daylight saving time uh, tomorrow night, going to effect, you know, we're going into the fall of it, the winter basically of it, and and coming into the holiday months and things like that, as we know, November and December flies by like a, a ball of lightning. And, and, and this weekend, come Monday morning, you know, and uh, when we step into the, the first of the month, you know, well, it will be the second of the month. But uh, it's going to be a whole new phase, so weather-wise, time-wise, the whole situation. So just, just be careful, you know, keep it moving because 2020 is over for all intents and purposes, and hopefully we can get to this election safely. But um, until we talk next week, Friday, We'll see what happens, but it's going to be a rough week, so be careful. Be careful. Make your own curfew. Get off the streets, especially Tuesday night. Don't even walk the streets, because there's going to be some fools out there. All I got.
2: Mm. Okay. Um, my last word this is Red Wine, and my last word is if you haven't already made a plan to vote, please get out and vote. Every vote counts, it's important. Your voice is important. And this election is important, not just the presidential but all the way down the ticket. So please make sure that you do what you need to do to get your vote in and get it counted and be heard. And and be careful like Papa Didi said. The COVID numbers for whatever reason are spiking again. Please protect yourself, protect each other
3: and be safe. That's my last word. Over to you, Cal. Um, My last word is, I just want to take you guys back 20 years ago. I remember the year 2000 when it first came about after 1999 and the year 2000 came. Everybody was rushing out to get water and just crazy stuff we were doing. And nothing happened. My, My word to everybody now is what is important to everybody now? We have to go rush out and go do it. And the word is vote. So if you haven't voted, let's get out there and go vote, because this is 2020, and just like the year 2000, we need to make this of the urgency of importance. Um, if you haven't done, if you have never voted in your life before, go get the experience and, and go do it. So that's my last word. Amen.
1: Yeah, we're going
2: to a whole new, <laughs> decade,
3: yeah. whole new decade.
2: Yeah.
0: decade.
1: New decade starts January 1st. We'll be in, as they call the 20s. We said the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and now we're in the 20s, the 2020s. And this is Mm -hmm. when everybody's growing up. Everybody was born in the year 2000, 20 years old. So Mm -hmm. let's
2: get it done, people. Get it done. Slow
1: down. Be careful.
2: All right. Well, we're gonna get on out of here. We do thank everyone for hanging out with us tonight. Shout out to all of our callers and listeners and our parent company, DC Homegrown. We do thank you so very much. And uh that's a wrap.
1: That's a wrap.
2: Say goodnight, yeah. Papa Dini.
1: Good night, everybody.
2: Say goodnight, cattle. Good night. And good night from Red Wine and the crew. We'll do it again next Friday night. We're out.
0: Initiating shutdown, shutdown sequence. Is it all over,
2: Rock? I right, guess so. I bid you farewell, say, Arabateji,
0: sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Dabiko. Donna, I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now.
3: Good night, and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me?
0: Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Oh, Goodbye right. now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show, and good night. Put cool, you. No you. No i